Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. I'm a Democrat. A liberal voice on a conservative talk show. What's the worst that could happen? It's Debate with the Democrat, featuring proud card-carrying Democrat Jeff Smith on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Let's get ready to rumble! Jeff Smith, your lawyer for Colorado, got beat up all morning at the Supreme Court on the question of should Donald Trump be kicked off the presidential ballot? But before we get started, let's let's kumbaya a little bit. What's uh, what's your favorite charity to support? My favorite charity to support is the Transformative Workforce Academy, which uh, I got to be that- honest, you started with trans and I almost thought you lost me. <laughs> I think you'd like this charity, Elijah, um, because I think you and I are on the same page when it comes to, so, you know, it's often more effective to teach a man how to, how to fish than to just give him fish. And that's what TWA is all about. It's about finding people that just got released from prisons or jails and connecting them with employment, uh, helping them get through an interview process, helping them learn the skills that they need to succeed actually in the job. And, uh, you know, I think that's a lot better way to go than just, you know, giving people money um, because it's sustainable. And we work, uh, TWA works closely with employers to make sure that um, they actually can provide an environment that is sensitive to the needs and special challenges that a lot of people face that just came home from prison. So I think it's a pretty good philanthropy to support. And if anybody is interested in supporting it, then they should email me at jeffsmith2006 at gmail, and I can tell them how to do it. What, what, what's the 2006? I, I know we, we haven't got to the debate, but what's the 2006 for? That's, that's when I ran for state senate. Don't you so, think maybe it's time for a new email address? Like <laughs> singlejeffsmith at gmail.com or something like that. Single, I, I like that. <laughs> I sing, single, available Jeff Smith. Available uh, Jeff Smith. All of your uh, female listeners between uh, 31 and 45. I love it. Wide range. Okay. Let's talk about the Supreme Court hearing this morning. Colorado versus Trump. I think it's technically styled as Trump versus Anderson. But I got to say, listen to the argument. I don't think the Supreme Court is buying Colorado's pitch that a single state should be able to throw a presidential candidate off the ballot. Do you take a different tack or do you think that's correct? Yeah, I think you're right. Um and I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, I think it's a waste of time for, um, I think it's a waste of money. I think it's a, there's probably a lot of good lawyers that have worked on this that are wasting their time. And I don't think the Supreme Court will accept it. And even if they do su- accept it, I don't think it's going to have any practical impact because the states that have blue, you know, the, the typically blue states that are doing this, like Colorado and Maine, Trump wasn't going to win them anyway. So I don't care if he's on the ballot because uh, he's, probably not going to get any electoral votes in those states. So it doesn't seem to me like the best use of time, energy or money from the democratic side, because not only is it probably not going to work, but if it does work, it probably isn't going to have an impact. And if it does, you know, the impact that it is having is it feeds Trump's narrative to his people, which I think is an insane narrative, but it, but it works. 
to say that this is all lawfare and they're trying to get me off the ballot. They know they can't beat me. And so they have to resort to, you know, to these, you know, mechanisms. And, and I think the Supreme court is going to take its side on that. And it's going to give that mostly ridiculous Trump argument, a little actual accuracy. If the Supreme court does reverse what Colorado and Maine did. So I'm not for it. And I think we should stick to the cases where we are winning, like the big victory that Jack Smith had the other day uh, by getting the um, federal circuit to say that Trump does not have absolute immunity. So I guess here's my question. I, 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 we agree this was a waste of time. And I think you agree it's a waste of time for the Democratic side. In my mind, I, I, I hate grifters. And I feel like there has been a high level of grifters who have been paid a lot of money to show up on TV over the past three months and talk about why, oh, they're, they're going to throw him off. They can't avoid this on a technicality. There, there's a, a retired federal judge, used to be fairly conservative, a guy named J. Michael Luddick, and he has been tried out on every network on television saying that, oh, yeah, the Supreme Court has to confront this question, and I think they're going to throw him off the ballot. And it, it almost feels like somebody's like, the world's going to end tomorrow. And then when tomorrow comes and goes, you're like, wait a minute, why'd that? And you realize that guy just made a bundle of money. Is, is, is this the type of thing that ends sort of this grifter class of people that have gotten every mainstream journalism to host them and tell, tell people why there's actually a real de- debate here or, or, or is not, is that never going to happen? Well, I think, you know, as well as anybody that people who are good at grifting, can always find another mark. And we see it in Missouri politics with people that, you know, find a billionaire and they get a billionaire kind of hooked on their vision for a decade and suck money out of the billionaire. They tell a billionaire, Oh, I'm going to get this thing on the ballot. That's going to, you know, get rid of the the nonpartisan court plan or get this thing on the ballot. That's going to, um, get rid of, you know, make it a right to work state or whatever. And they get a ton of money in the process and then don't produce time after time after time. And most of these people are shameless enough that even when they lose, they go right back. They jump right into some new thing, some new grift. Uh, It's on the left. It's on the right. You remember that idiot, Sean King, that purports to raise money for families Ah. who are like the victim of, of police violence. So he's a complete grifter on the left that does it. And, and, and I, you know, I think I agree with you that it's these people are leeches on the American body politic and they come from both sides. And it's a shame because they contribute to the polarization in society and they make a buck off it. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I don't know who are the worst. If it's no offense, the lobbyists, if it's the consultant class lately, it's been the like the TV class, these these quote unquote they're not even influencers. They're they're like professional testifiers on TV that generate clickbait ratings to say something's actually up in the air. I've said from the beginning, I never thought this case had a, ch- a chance. And then listening to the arguments this morning, it's it's like everybody beating up on one person. And listen, I'd love to argue in the Supreme Court, but I feel bad for the guy arguing on behalf of Colorado. He's facing it from the left and the right. And frankly, and I said this earlier, the the. Elena Kagan is is giving him as much trouble as anybody, and I think she's got it in her mind as the intellectual leader of the left. She looks around herself at the court and is like, shoot, if if we're going to start throwing people off the ballot, this court is far more likely to throw conservatives off a, off a ballot than liberals. Why why is a state like Colorado open in this Pandora's box? 
Well, she's exactly right. And, and, you know, judges, a lot of them think strategically and I'm glad she is thinking strategically because I think your party is more ruthless than our party when it comes to most things. Man, and there's something I, we could disagree on. Cause I think we both think the other party is way more ruthless. I, I really don't have time for Miguel Estrada this morning, Elijah. I, I love was going to go back to Bill Clinton, but we could do Estrada, <laughs> whichever one you want to do. Now let's just focus on these cases. Uh, if you don't mind. <laughs> so, but, but, but so I think, you know, I think it was a huge victory, though, uh, on the absolute immunity case for um, for Jack Smith uh, and the, the the panel. Um, and, you know, now the Supreme Court's going to be faced with a huge decision. I assume that Trump appeal is going to get filed in the next couple of days. And the Supreme Court's got a few possibilities. They can decline cert, which means they just don't take the case and say, hey, we don't have any, you know, we're not going to express any disagreement with the, the circuit decision that denied Trump has absolute immunity for what he did as president. Uh, they could take the case and punt it till after the election, or they could take the case and decide it now. And so I think there's three possibilities. If I had, I would go. It, I would actually say I think I think number one, four, because I okay, think I, the, I, the fourth possibility is the D.C. Court of Appeals grants an en banc review and hears it as a full panel instead of just the three judge panel. Yeah, I mean, the three-judge panel, I think one thing that's important is the Republican appointee on that three-judge panel was in lockstep. You know, they issued a, 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 a unanimous opinion, and I think that that's an important sign for the Supreme Court, right, when you see dissent yeah, in Yeah, and I'd cases. go the other way because I would argue that traditionally, as you mentioned, judges, judges generally, they look around. I, I think those judges... They knew from the beginning that the two Democrat appointees were going to go one direction. I think he made a concerted strategic decision not to be outside the realm of those two, preserve his powder for a different hearing, which is why I think the en banc review would be interesting because it'd be curious if they hadn't came to the same opinion. You know, for instance, Trump's lawyers raised seven arguments on appeal in the decision. They just said Trump's lawyers raised three arguments and here's why we deny each one. I think they left themselves open to the on banc, the, the the full panel looking at that and saying, actually, they missed some arguments and therefore we're we're, we're coming to a different conclusion. Were, were, did any of those four arguments uh, feel compelling to you? Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't say they were the four best arguments, but I think the fact that the the three judge panel only addressed those leaves a gallon of evidence to say, oh, they missed stuff. Here's why we should we should consider it more fully. And I think if you're Trump, you care far more about the clock than you do about the decision. And I think leaving them that option gives them the chance to go back to the D.C. Circuit before they have to worry about the Supreme Court running the clock on one more of these lawsuits. Well, I agree with what you said that the Trump campaign uh, care and, and Trump himself care much more about the clock because I mean, they've been losing in court basically for three years straight since the, you know, three and a half years straight since the uh, election 2020 cases where they lost like 62 cases in a row. So they've been losing pretty regularly. I think they'll win, as you said, the Colorado and Maine cases, uh, but those aren't real. You know, that, that's not the approach that was ever going to do any damage or, or have any bear any fruit for Democrats on the big cases. He's been losing repeatedly. And, you know, the Eileen Cannon case is another situation because she's clearly going to delay this thing till after the election. So he won't have to face the music on that uh, if he wins. But 
the and the New York case is a silly case about his payoffs to you know uh, of hush money to porn stars that he had sex with. If the evangelical right is fine with that, then they've they've made that decision. You know, eighty plus percent supporting Trump. If they condone that behavior, that's fine. That's their choice. Oh, do we really I, need I to go think- back down that? I we talked about this two days ago about how. The left lost the moral high ground in the 90s under Bill Clinton, and the right figured that out in 2016. Now nobody even claims the moral high ground. It's you know, I've heard Trump compared to the junkyard dog. You don't really like the junkyard dog, but you got to fight the neighbors with something. It's the best weapon to fight them with. That's fine, but the Democratic Party isn't full of, uh, you know, it isn't comprised largely of a constituency that proclaims all morality in, in matters of, you know, of, of sex and, and, uh, you know, fidelity in marriage and all that sort of thing. And so, you know, the hypocrisy of it, uh, is, is I think worth mentioning on the Republican side for a group who's, you know, one of their primary political thrusts has been around, you know, traditional marriage and morality. And then, you know, lining up lockstep behind Trump, that's fine. He, you know, they're doing it for policy reasons. He appointed the Supreme Court judges that that uh, ruled in Dobbs and overturned Roe. And so, if you know, it's a policy decision. That's fine. I get it. But uh, he's certainly no paragon of morality in the way that that the evangelical movement, uh, political movement in this country, once purported to to uh, get behind. Whereas, you know, Bill Clinton, whose morals I'm not going to sit here and defend. Um, uh, it was never supported by the evangelical right and never pretended to be really much different than what he was. I think he, he telegraphed it in the 1992 campaign when he said, you know, I've caused pain in my marriage. You know, he basically was telling people, look, I haven't been. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you on that. Sure. He did that. I have, but he also was the one who straight up lied under oath and on TV. And then the democratic party gave him an out by saying, we're not going to remove him from office. Then 20 years later, when suddenly they rediscover that, that they think impeachment matters and they should throw Trump out, they wail and wring their hands because the Republicans won't come on board. We can just look back and be like, wait, we, we had a transparently objective case for removal 30 years ago. Y'all dismissed it. We're not going to get on board with anything you want now, which is one of the reasons I've argued that at the federal level of, uh, uh, of politics, Impeachment is essentially a waste of time. The Mayorkas case is is a perfect example of that. We all know what the Senate's going to do. Neither side's ever going to throw their person out to dry. It's a waste of everyone's time. It's as much a waste as the Supreme Court decision today. Well, the Mayorkas case may never get to the Senate because they didn't even have the votes in the House because a few principled Republican members of the House said that impeachment should be reserved, as it says in the Constitution, for high crimes, treason, uh, you know, treason, high crimes and misdemeanors, not for big policy differences, which is what people have with Mayorkas. And you solve that at the ballot box. So, you know, I was glad to see a few Republicans uh, stick on their principle there and make Speaker Johnson look like a complete buffoon for the, you know, what, eighth time now in, in three months. I, buffoon might be a tough word. I would like to say inexperienced and unprepared, which I actually said on the show, he he looked all of that and more yesterday. Um Jeff, if anybody wants to follow along with the work that you're doing in the General Assembly or just generally keep up with your dating life on social media, how do they do that? <laughs> hey, Besides you it. the um, available JeffSmith at gmail.com. <laughs> they can go to at JeffSmithMo on Twitter, at JeffSmithMo. Real quick, before you go, I've, you know, I, I'm not in the dating world. 
And I know there's all the apps out there, but I've heard about this thing where people are creating, it's almost like a two or three page sheet about themselves that if, if you read it and you're interested, then you reach out. Have you heard about this? Like outside of a profile on a dating site? Yes. Yes. It's literally, I, I saw this guy create one. He's like, this is what everybody's doing now is it's like a dating resume, but it's not on dating websites. And so he just like posted on social media. It's like a few pictures. Of, it's like a dating site, but it's not that. And he's just like, Hey, if any of my friends have ever thought, Oh, it'd be fun to go out with me. You can read this and you can decide if you want to. Have you heard about this? I've I think not it's heard a about new it. Thing. I think you should do it. I think you should post it to Jeff Smith mount. I just post short liberal ex con. What's not to like for your listeners out there. <laughs> I've got a funny story. Years and years and years ago, uh, when my brother graduated college, he moved back home, moved back in with my parents. And we were at the mall that summer one day. And he's like, I really need a T-shirt that says, I'm balding too young. I'm not in the best shape. And I just moved back in with my parents. Do you want to go out? And he's like, let's see how I do this summer on that. <laughs> Jeff, well, thanks so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. We'll keep, uh, keep an eye on the Supreme Court decision. And we'll talk to you next week. Sounds good. Have a great weekend. That was Jeff Smith. We're going to be right back. We're going to answer the question today. Don't forget, coming up at 5.05, the president of Evangel University is going to talk to us about do miracles continue to happen? Do they happen in droves? Or was that just miracles that occurred in the Bible? We'll be right back.